Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 235 of the Life Made to Order podcast, Embracing the Opportunity of the Present Moment. And a lot of people with spiritual teaching, you hear a lot about the power of now. There's even a very famous book by Eckhart Tolle titled as such, which is a very good book. I recommend reading it about this benefit of being in the present moment and embracing the present and being in the now and and in all of that. And there's good reason why you hear about that a lot, because there's a tremendous opportunity in being in the present moment. There's tremendous opportunity for emotional healing from a manifesting perspective, being able to be in the present moment without being always stuck ruminating on the past and worrying about the future energetically. That's very powerful because like I've always said, Energy and vibration are nothing more than fancy words for feelings. And being in the present moment, when you're really present, you feel a lot better than when you're ruminating on the past. Again, from an LOA perspective, number one, it feels bad in general if you're thinking about things that make you feel badly. But again, from a manifesting LOA perspective in particular, it's hard to manifest different circumstances and change our lives when we're really stuck in the past because then we're going to have this narrative going along with that, that everything's probably going to continue to be the same. And we actually don't believe things can be different. We actually don't believe it's possible to see the changes we want to see in our lives and in ourselves. And if that's what we believe, our experience is going to reflect that belief back to us. When we're in the future a lot, again, That's going to feel badly because we're worrying about things that haven't happened yet. We're anxious if certain things are are going to happen that we want to happen. We're trying to, it's again, right? Energy vibration, just fancy words for feelings. Those being in those states of mind always in the past and in the future is not helpful. And if anybody has even paid even the slightest level of attention to what's happening in your mind, we're almost always exclusively in the past or the future. We're never really in the true present moment. And I was thinking about this topic in particular a lot, because as a lot of you know, I've mentioned before, I study A Course in Miracles. And, you know, for many years, I've been reading it. But if anyone that's familiar with that, with the book and and has been on a similar journey, there could be a lot of stops and starts. It's it's not the easiest read. Um, There could be a lot of resistance to it, because it's a very radical belief system in a good way, not in a bad way. And but for the last couple of years and the last several months in particular, I've been very much, you know, studying it on a regular basis and listening to, to teachers that, that talk about it and teach from, from that point of view. But anyway, so the chapter that I'm reading now is very much about talking about time and talking about how the ego human mind uses time, um, its preoccupation with, with the past. And uh, there's a couple of... Um, lines I wanted to read in particular that, you know, were relevant to what I was talking to, to about today, about how um, how there's so there's so much opportunity in being present in the present moment and what the present moment that actual those nows present and uh, give us the ability to do. The ego invests heavily in the past and in the end believes that the past is the only aspect of time that is meaningful. So that's powerful, right? Because if you think about it, if it thinks the past is the only thing that matters, we're going to be heavily, heavily focused on the past. We're going to be very invested in the past. Our past experience is going to be something that we factor in to our thinking a lot and thinking what's possible for us, the way we feel, well, it's because of what happened in the past and all of these things happened and I can't do anything about them now and now I'm like scarred forever and all of that stuff. Then there was another line, a couple of lines in on this paragraph. Um, Oh, where was it? 
and also too with the course, like a, a quick brief thing to maybe give some context to this next passage. Basically, the course has, you know, the core idea is in our mind, we split from God and we feel a lot of guilt about that. And basically this whole world, we created it to try to have this separate identity and we suffer a lot because we've lost our way and we're not connected with that love. Well, part of us still is. That's what the course stresses. But the ego human part of us is not. And we created this whole world to have a separate, unique, special identity. And, you know, that's why. And if the ego mind created this world, that's why there's so much fucked up stuff in it. And we have this at the under core of our suffering is we have a guilt for what this separate for this mind split. And we feel guilty about what we did and we just punish ourselves. So this idea, too, of um, the preoccupation with the past is kind of, to me, the way, at least the way I interpret it is, we did, we did all these things, and just the fact that we created this whole reality that seems to have a past, present, future, linear time, we just kind of punish ourselves from it, and and uh, we pay for the past and the future. So by the notion of paying for the past and the future, the past becomes the determiner of the future, making them continuous without an intervening present. For the ego regards the present only as a brief transition to the future in which it brings the past to the future by interpreting the present in past terms. Now has no meaning to the ego. The present merely reminds it of past hurts and it reacts to the present as if it were the past. And I'm going to stop myself because I realize I just started reading a lot more than I wanted to. And I feel like every line is so significant. I could end up reading this whole section. And this is not a, a recording of an audio recording of the book. It's it's a podcast that I'm doing about the topic, right? But anyway, I wanted to share all of that because it's really relevant to what I'm talking about. And right, what the book is saying here is the the present is never anything more than just a reliving of the past. And then we expect the past to be the same, the future to be the same. And again, like the book says, right, there's just the past and the future like this. There's really no true now because it's like we just see the past and the the present is nothing ever more than a moment to think about the past and nurture our, our grievances and, and all of that. And then if we're not taking a moment to really break free from that thinking, right, the past and the future just kind of start melding together and one is just like the other. And again, if people want to think of this in manifestation terms, it gets tricky to create a new reality when we're walking around expecting our reality to always be the same. When we're never in that, taking that opportunity in that present moment to kind of that circuit breaker, to break that cycle of that thinking, it's hard to make things different. If we always expect things are going to be just like they were, you know, expectation energetically, what we expect is it's powerful. That's the, the thinking of our expectations. We're putting an expectation. We're putting energy out there like this is what I think is probably going to happen. And it's like, okay, well, then that's probably what's going to happen. We're going to have very similar experiences. So the, the, the now, when we really focus on the present moment and we're not thinking about the past all the time, when we're conscious of not trying to bring the past to the moment we're in now, we get an opportunity to break that cycle. Like I always said, the only way to really change our thinking is we have to really, number one, we have to be an open to new perspectives and consider maybe the spirit mind, spirit thought system, whatever you want to call it is true. You know, we have to, you know, so that's the first thing, but also, you know, to change our thinking, we have to give ourselves, we have to give ourselves an opportunity to think in that new way. We have to practice thinking that way. And the present moment always gives us a chance to practice that thinking, to implement these new interpretations and these new points of view. Every, every present moment, we have a chance to not think the way we've been thinking. 
We have a chance to not perceive people the way we've been perceiving them. We have a chance to not perceive our circumstances as we have been perceiving them. Again, and what that's all based on? Past interpretation, the ego mind only sees the past. And that colors everything we do. And every interaction we have, every action we take, our goal, everything, it's being all through that filter. It's very dependent on that filter of viewing everything through the lens of our past experience. And if our past experience hasn't been great, then, you know, that's kind of going to be a problem. And, you know, like the book was saying, the ego values the past. It only sees the past as meaningful. And if you think about that, if you think about how you think, you could see the truth of that. How if we see how our we the typical human mind, how we think and how our past affects us and, and how we view the past and how we see how the past has um you know our past experiences, how it shapes us. We do think the past is in a way we think the past is the only thing that matters. And it it doesn't. Yeah, our past experiences have shaped us. They can help us. We can learn from them. So in that sense, yeah, we can embrace them in, in that way. But if we think that the past is going to be the determiner of the future all the time, then that's going to be a problem if the things in the past have not always gone so well. If they've gone great, then great. Then that's a good thing. There, there's a good momentum there. But for a lot of people, that's not the reality they're dealing with. They've had problems in the past and they think that these problems now are affecting the present moment, which is going to affect the future. But again, with the ego mind, right, there's really no true present moment ever. It's right from past into future. And the, the that present now is just a time to ruminate and, and worry and, and think about past hurts and grievances and, you know, everything that's already happened. And we bring that all to everything that we do. So imagine having an, imagine being able to kind of start freeing yourself from that. Because how many of you are walking around with all this emotional weight from what happened in the past? And being convinced that because these things happened, you feel a certain way. And because your ego mind believes it's the circumstances why you're feeling that way, then you can't really do anything about it because the root cause is something that is now unchangeable and, and can't be undone or there's no redo or do over. You know, that's why I stress a lot and why a lot of spiritual teachings really talk about you really have to start considering the idea that your problems are only in your mind. That's only your perceptions because you can change perceptions. You had ego thought system with all of these perceptions and interpretations that were very painful, made you feel very victimized, made you feel angry and resentful and bitter and that you've been cheated and the world has been unkind to you and people owe you things and other some of your problems are other people's fault. You know, the ego mind in general too, not just about past thinking, but just in general, the ego mind's perception of us is pretty lowly. It doesn't think very highly of us. It sees us as weak and vulnerable and fragile and like a victim and we're incapable of doing things for ourselves. Think Again, everything is someone else's fault. And to think if that's, if that's the core image we're holding this, you know, again, not very, you know, it's not a very empowering, uh, high opinion of ourselves. That's And you're moving through the world from that space of seeing yourself again as weak and vulnerable and, you know, the world's got to be on the defensive and the world's out to get you and you got to, you know, always be on the lookout and everyone else is going to screw you over. And again, because this whole thing is coming from this idea that we're weak and we're frail. And then if that's the image we've been carrying around, again, the present opportunity is a moment to be like, no, spirit would not see me that way or God or whatever word you like to use. That's not their, that wouldn't be their interpretation of me. They would have a very different interpretation of everything that's happened to me up until this very moment that I'm thinking this thought right now of what they might think. And again, the present moment is an opportunity to start 
thinking that way. And then we can break that cycle of bringing the past into everything and then creating everything the same because we have this expectation that it's going to be that way because it's always been that way. And a lot of people will, you know, talk to me and I, I can empathize with this being a fellow human. They're like, it's so hard for me to expect different things because of everything that's happened. And yeah, if we look at it from how the egoic human mind works, it is hard because the ego human mind looks at the external reality to determine what it believes. And because certain things have happened, then those things become true for you. And it's like, well, that's what happened to me. Why should I expect anything different? And like I've always said, you know, there's no action-based way to, to really change that and to quote unquote fix that. Because if it's all about our perception and how we're thinking, that's choice. That's a matter of choice. That's not something that can be addressed with an action. Yeah, you might take certain actions that help your mind and help soothe your mind and soothe your anxiety and help you feel better about yourself and makes it easier to make that choice and easier to think that way. So embrace those things for sure. Do them. But no amount of yoga, for example, or meditation is going to make you stop hating yourself if you still decide that you're going to hate yourself and that you're a bad person and that you're this wrong, you're wrong and bad in all these ways. You have to decide that that's not true. We have to make these decisions. We have to decide. So it would be great if there was some action or strategy to be like, yeah, we'll just do this and you'll be able to change your thinking. But if the core mechanism of that is, is decision, that's something only we can decide. We have to decide to decide. We have to choose to choose. And what's tricky about it is for most of us, it's not going to be a one-time thing. Some people, it might be some one time. They might have some very profound experience where they're just like, Oh, like when you hear if anyone's familiar with like Byron Cater, Eckhart Tolle's kind of origin stories of how they became how they are, they seem to have extremely profound experiences where they just essentially seemingly changed significantly like in a, in a moment. For a lot of people, though, that might not be their experience. It might be more gradual. And that's okay. Just everyone's going to have their journey and it's going to look like whatever it's going to look like. So don't be discouraged if you feel like you're not one of those people that has some epiphany that's like so earth shattering that they're just different like automatically for most of us is going to be more gradual and this choosing to choose this deciding to decide that is a continuous process because we have conditioning that leads us to think otherwise that these things are not true we have a lot of quote unquote proof in our own experience in our collective experience when you look at what happens to your friends and your family and in people in your country or just the humanity in general at large you're going to be like, no, of course that that's true. Look at all of this stuff. But again, spirit would remind you the beliefs came first and then all these manifestations. And if we think of it on a collective level, especially if we have all this negativity in our own and all these beliefs, and then millions or billions of other people have these same beliefs, that's a lot of power behind those beliefs. And collectively, yeah, we're going to create a lot of stuff that's going to seem really shitty. And we'll challenge these, these spirit mind interpretations of events and ourselves and how the world works and the nature of reality in general. But again, you, you, it's a, a choice. And like I've always said too, you know, when people think, well, how do I make that choice? How do I know spirit mind thought whatever is true? You know, a lot of spiritual teachings will tell you, I know like emotion, uh, like Abraham Hicks, right? I'm talking about LOA specifically talks about, I believe they call it like the emotional guidance system. There's this idea that your feelings are this conveyor of, of helps you see like what's true and not true by your emotional reactions to something. And when something feels good, 
and like that light and just intuitively you feel like, yeah, that feels true for me. That spirit being like, yeah, those feelings are like helping you see that like you're thinking in my mind, you're in my neighborhood now. And that's how you know that. And when you think ego thoughts that feel wrong and heavy and discouraging and demoralizing and just like in that part of you is like, no, it can't really be this way. This can't be. This just doesn't feel this just feels like this isn't not this is not the way to think that these thoughts are not true. Again, that emotional response, that negative emotional response is like, yeah, that's how I'm letting you know you're out of sync with my thought system because you feel really shitty. And that's how you know you're not thinking in the right way. So the core choice of all the choices we have to make, there's a, a, a kind of like a, a first choice that needs to be made. That if we don't choose in a certain way, then it's kind of game over. So that first choice we have to make is I trust my feelings to evaluate information. And when I feel this way about these different spiritual teachings, whether whatever it is, if you're studying a very specific thought system or religion or spiritual path or just general stuff, whatever it is, and then you feel that feeling, it's like, okay, I trust that my emotional response, all these teachings will tell me I have a higher spirit or an intuition or a God, whatever they word it differently. It's like, they'll tell me I have something that helps me do that. And those feelings, that's what that is. So if we choose to trust our emotional responses, then, okay, well, if I trust that that's a valid means of evaluating information, then yes, all of these spiritual teachings that, are, that I'm learning in A Course in Miracles or Buddhism or Taoism or Kabbalah or whatever it is you're studying, it's like, oh yeah, okay, like I believe then. So, you know, there's, that's where the trust and the faith come in because if you want to evaluate that information through an ego mind perspective and try to evaluate it that way and prove to that part of you that all that stuff is true, you're going to hit a wall very, very quickly because it evaluates things very differently. And the type of quote unquote proof it wants or analysis that it wants you to undergo to analyze that information and determine whether it's, it's just impossible. It's a whole, they're two different worlds. This journey is not an intellectual journey. It's not one of rational logical analysis. It's not for the ego. It's not for that part of us mind. It's for the, spirit, heart, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, so the present moment, if you want to, if you have trouble believing that and, and that embrace, you know, engaging that kind of circuit breaker and you think that's challenging, you know, it's really just choice, but you have to make that choice over and over again. And you have to decide again, that your feelings are an accurate guide for this journey. Because if you want it to, if you want the mind to guide you, there's, there's going to be a big problem. You're going to hit like roadblock after roadblock. So yeah, think about that. So imagine right now, imagine not bringing the past into anything. Like think about people, for example, people that either you have active conflict with them, or maybe you don't have active conflict, but your relationship is kind of fraught. They stress you out or whatever you have like stuff with them. Whatever it is, whether it's active conflict or just a completely internal, like you just have a lot of negative emotion and complicated feelings towards them or whatever. Again, if the ego mind only sees the past, that reaction to them is all about the past. Imagine your next interaction with them. Imagine not bringing any of that to the interaction. It's just like a clean slate. What's happened with you before, it's not influencing your perception of them. It's not all of those stories are not influencing you're not bringing it's not you're not seeing them through the filter of all those stories and what's happened already and what they said and what they did it's just like starting anew with them now when I say that that doesn't mean that you might not you might not 
like for example, with someone you really, really dislike, kind of forgiving all of that and overlooking what's happened and just starting this slate clean and not bringing all that past shit and hurt to the interactions with them. It doesn't automatically mean that you're going to start loving someone that was like your mortal enemy for 20 years, or you're going to rekindle a friendship with someone who hurt you deeply in the past, or, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean any of that. You could still decide that this is not someone you're probably going to have in your life and you don't want to be friends. You don't want to rekindle a relationship. They're not somebody that you want, you know, to spend time with, but whatever shit you're carrying around about them that you're still carrying around for however long, imagine being able to let go of that. Because as much as your ego mind wants to hate your ex-husband and how justified you feel in hating him, do you really want to hate him? How does it feel to hate him? How does it feel to blame him for like all of your problems now? It doesn't feel good. Your mom is very manipulative towards you. She's really good at guilting you and you're constantly doing shit for her that you don't want to do. But she makes you feel badly. You feel like you owe her, whatever, or all this complicated shit we have with parents, especially our moms. And your ego mind feels so justified in your resentment and your martyrdom and ugh. But does it really, and your, your ego mind wants to feel all those feelings. And you think, again, they're so justified and whatever. But do you really want to feel all of those feelings? Do you want to feel that resentment towards your mother? Do you want to feel like you're, the feeling of that you're being taken advantage of and all that anger and how dare she? And all? Do you want to feel those things? Imagine not feeling any of that. Another thing, too, is when you stop bringing the past into the present and you use that present moment as an opportunity to kind of reset, try to let that stuff go, just kind of focus on the present moment, it might change a lot of behaviors that are contributing to some of the conflicts, again, using relationships as an example, as that. Because if our perception is what creates our feelings and our feelings are what motivates our actions a lot of times, then we're probably doing things that, you know, we're fighting with people or we're getting upset and we're making decisions that are not good for us. We're maybe engaging in certain forms of self-sabotage or doing things to soothe the negative emotions that we ultimately don't want to do because they're actually not good. So you might have noticed that, which is a little off topic, but it's relevant there to said just to kind of bring it up. If you've ever noticed all the things your ego mind compels you to do to try to feel better, don't actually make you feel better. When it compels you to overeat because you had a bad conversation with your mom and she pissed you off and you like eat like a whole half gallon of ice cream in 20 minutes, you don't feel great after that. You're like, yeah, that didn't really feel good. Because remember, ego mind's only about pain minimizing. It's not about actually feeling better. And doing things from pain minimizing mode just bring more pain, right? You're feeling insecure or whatever and you engage in a hardcore gossip session with a friend, talking shit about people to make yourself feel better about yourself, thinking that maybe there's, their life's not so great or trying to say bad things about them. But after that, do you really feel good? Like, wow, that was a really uplifting, you know, really energizing, high energy conversation. I was just like talking crap about one of my friends for half an hour. It's like, uh, no, that didn't really feel that good. But anyway, right? So another thing too with that is it might help you naturally change behaviors that you've been struggling to change or help you deal with things in ways that are you deem healthier and, and more beneficial for you rather than the ways that you feel are like this actually is just compounding the problem and making me feel worse. Because if our mode, if our actions are motivated by what's happening inside of us and what's happening inside of us is determined, determined by our perceptions and our interpretations and our stories, 
if we don't get to that root there, the story, and then we just try to change behavior without addressing that, a lot of you have seen it, it's, it feels really hard. I mean, that's why one of the reasons, right, when people go to rehab for substance abuse, they're not just talking about how to not do drugs or how to not drink anymore. They're getting really deep into like, why am I doing drugs? Why am I drinking? Because if we don't, again, if we don't get at the root of what's motivating the behavior, it's very hard to change the behavior. But when we get at the root of it, and we're no longer carrying around all that stuff, carrying around all those stories, then it's easier to change behavior. You actually want to do things differently. You don't feel like these new behaviors and new habits don't feel, they still might feel a little uncomfortable, but they don't feel like you're going so hard against the grain of like fighting this hard urge to do the exact opposite. You're like, no, I want to do this. I don't want to like overeat every time I have an argument with my mom. I don't want to, you know, get drunk, blackout drunk every weekend or whatever it is, right? That you're like, yeah, I don't really want to do that anymore. But anyway, right? So... The present moment is a huge opportunity to reset our thinking. It's a huge opportunity to wipe the slate clean. But again, we just have to be vigilant. And I, when I mean vigilant, I don't mean like this is so hard and you've got to really be on the lookout. But we have to be aware of, if again, if the ego mind only sees the past, we have to be aware of that's what's influencing everything that I'm doing right now. When I reacted to so-and-so when they said this thing to me, it really wasn't about that actual moment and that actual statement, those words that came out of their mouth last week. I was reacting to my anger about them because that's how they've treated me all my life. And when you get mad at your mom for criticizing you, you weren't mad about that particular criticism. You were mad about she's been doing that to me since I was 16 and I'm so pissed off, right? And another thing too is, right, if, if the ego mind only sees the past, it only values the past, it kind of wants everything to be like the past, then it's really hard to change things if we're not changing our perception. Like if we, again, relationships for an example, if we have a fraught relationship with somebody, the only way we can really start changing that relationship or at least changing how we emotionally respond to the person, again, it's always going to have to be within the mind. It has to be the perception. If we don't start viewing someone differently then our relationship with them probably really won't change. We won't change how we respond to them. Because again, that, that same story, that same interpretation, that same narrative, that same filter is going to remain in place. So if you want to start feeling, you know, uh, if you have a lot of resentment towards your dad for whatever because of how he raised you, and you bring that past hurt of your childhood to every interaction, then it's hard to heal that unless you have to start perceiving in that present moment, you have an opportunity to perceive that childhood differently. You have an opportunity to perceive him differently. That's a really common example of, right? How many people they have, um, this is a common example of like your perception shift changes, how you feel about people and like your past experience with them. This is one of the most common example, right? People with their parents when you, and you might've had this experience yourself, when you learn something about your parents when you're older that you did not know about them when you were a kid. And it totally changes how you see them. You understand more why they were the way they were about certain things, why they treated you a certain way, why they parented you a certain way. And that can start healing a lot of stuff. Because whereas before you had this narrative that they're just an asshole or they didn't care about me or they didn't love me or they were trying to hurt me on purpose or they were purposely trying to do this or that to me. And you're like, oh no, that wasn't it at all. Because one of the reasons we feel so hurt by people it's because on some level, there's this automatic assumption that they purposely did this to us. And if someone, to think that someone purposely caused us, we are experiencing all this pain and someone purposely did something that they know would cause us all this pain, right? We get all upset. But then it's like, oh, I see. 
I get now why they were really like controlling or smothering or critical of me, or I get why they raised me this way, or I get why. And like, then again, you start to see when you change, when you, you start seeing them in a different way. And when you start perceiving them differently, you perceive your whole relationship with them differently. You perceive everything they've done to you differently. And in that, again, and, and it's in that present moment where those realizations come when you start thinking differently about them because you have this new information. So if you, so if any conflict where you're, any conflict you're having with anybody, again, whether it's an active conflict or just you have stress or whatever, any kind of negativity interacting with them or thinking about them, the change is always, the first change, the first step in changing anything has to start with you. It has to start with your mind because you're bringing it. There's a narrative in place from all of your past experience with them. And you get to decide if you want to continue that narrative. You want to continue looking at them through that lens. You want to continue. You're going to say, I'm going to stick with this interpretation. Sorry, that's this is how it is. Or you can decide there's a different way to look at the person and everything that's happened with them. And it's the same thing with any other experience. You're struggling with your business and you haven't had a client in so long. And it's always been this way. And you've always made this amount of money. And you just keep, right, because all the mind only sees the past. And your mind is thinking about last month, you didn't make a lot of money and the month before you didn't. So you're probably not going to make a lot of money this month either. And then, of course, that feels badly. And again, from an LOA manifesting perspective, you expect to not make money. You expect things to be away. And the universe is like, yeah, I just give you what you expect. I'm just neutral, dispassionate. I'm benevolent, but I can't defy your energy. So I can only kind of kind of give you what you're expecting or I can't make things happen for you that you don't believe can happen or I can't give you things that you don't think you're capable of getting so but imagine that imagine the opportunity of the present moment to break free of all of that and being truly present is that's a challenge and most of the time you're probably not going to do it but every time you catch yourself not being present you're present Eckhart Tolle had a quote about something along those lines the other day so even when you catch yourself you're in that moment, you're present because you're realizing you're not present. So that's good. That's good too. Even if, you know, even, the, even just realizing it more is a step in that direction. And one of the best ways to practice it, and, and one of the challenges about this too, about like remaining truly in the present moment, like physically with your mind and like how you're going about your day-to-day -day life obviously is a lot of what we're doing in our day-to-day -day life is maybe a bit mundane. We have our routines. It's nothing super exciting, but really try to like zone in like when you're doing things again it's harder because if you're just washing the dishes or doing some again mundane thing you know, your mind's going to wander where is it going to wander to the past or the future always again that's all that that's all the mind is, does again there's no with the ego human mind there's never truly a present of just being present in the moment you're always thinking in the past and having that filter worrying about the future but just try to really like zero in on like stuff that you're doing again even if it's something mundane like doing the dishes or when you're if you're exercising and you're walking really zero in on like how your body feels and your feet hitting the pavement or whatever it is that you're doing whatever exercise you're doing just to practice but yeah one of our big issues is we we only see the past with everything and you know like the course was saying is saying that that's really all the the mind values is the past it sees the past as like the most meaningful aspect of our existence and and like I said before when you start thinking about how the past how your past experience colors your present moment you start to see wow that is really true that's really all like you know yeah I worry about the future too but I'm really in the past a lot and even when I'm thinking about the future that's influenced by the past so it's like it that's where again like the book says that's the ego mind only sees the past really as meaningful and valuable 
And the, the present moment is nothing more than an opportunity to just think about the past and keep the past alive and, and keep it. So then again, like they said, there's no, uh, there's no now there. It's like past into future. There's no real true now. Because if you think about too, the energetic benefit of being in the now, when you, and some of you might've had this experience where you were worrying about something in particular that you thought was going to happen and then it, it actually happened and it felt worse and it actually didn't feel as bad. And I've had this experience where worrying, if I, if I looked at the two emotional, how I felt in both instances, like worrying about something and then when it actually happened, I was much more emotionally distressed when I was just worrying about it and worrying about it. That caused a lot of tension. But then when it actually happened, I still maybe didn't feel great that it was happening but it was almost like there was a relief that it happened because the stress of worrying about it was the real suffering of like that tension of like, is it going to happen? And just like kind of waiting for it or worrying what would ha what it would feel like if it did happen. Like all of that to me, that was worse than when it actually, the thing actually happened. So, you know, one of the benefits too of being truly in the present moment is even if you're, you know, because when you see the present moment, like even if you're having a problem when you're present with it, Another thing too I've noticed is because even if you have a now, because most of our nows are not problems and we feel that everything's fine in that present moment. There's nothing to worry about. That bill's not due right this second. Everything right now is fine. And every time we can tune into that, we build a momentum. And even if we have a now that's quote unquote a problem, it probably isn't going to be as bad as we anticipate. It probably wouldn't be as feel as bad as if we were worrying about it happening. We'd actually be okay. So that's another thing too to think about if you're worrying about something is like, it probably feels worse now. I'll probably not feel as bad if it actually happens. I feel worse now worrying about it happening. So you can kind of soothe yourself a little with like, I'll actually probably won't feel as bad if it actually happens. Because again, it'll almost be like a relief that it happened. And you're just like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with right now. And another thing too is what's funny when I've noticed is, so again, even if you have a now that seems to be an active problem in your now, if you were to go into your mind and see what you're thinking about, again, even if you that now seems to have an active problem in the present moment, you're probably still in the past or the future somehow. Because I've noticed that when I'm having a now where I feel like I'm actively dealing with something, I'm like, oh yeah, but I'm still even not worrying about now. Now is still actually kind of fine. I'm still in past. I'm still, my real tension is I'm still in past or future somehow about this. For example, you might think, okay, right in my now, I'm on the phone with a bill collector. And that's a problem because I'm actively having to have this conversation about this bill that I can't pay. But if you were to go into your mind, you might find yourself in past or future. And that's what's really bothering you about it. You're thinking about the last time you had money troubles and how terrible that was. And it's reminding you of it. And it's making you feel the way you're feeling now. Or you're not even worried about this call right now. You're already worried about what am I going to do when they call me again next week and I still don't have the money. So again, even in nows where there's a problem, if you were to go into your mind, you're probably still in the past or the future. And it's still not actually what's happening in the moment. But this is just something to think about. But yeah, think about it. There's a tremendous opportunity in the now to break that cycle of the past and the future, basically just like running together with like no real present moment in between where, where, where we can be present in the moment and not bring all our past hurts to everything where we could start fresh energetically, emotionally thinking wise. We can enjoy the present moment. We can not be worrying all the time, having all our energy sucked up by worrying about the past and worrying about there, worrying about the future 
there's a tremendous opportunity in that present moment. And again, from an LOA manifesting type perspective, being truly in the present moment, your feels a lot better. Again, if energy and vibration are just fancy words for feelings, I say that a lot because I really want that to sink in because people make all this stuff way more complicated than it really is. And if you think about energy, what is that? What's my body? It's like, it's your feelings. That's it. So everything you can evaluate is if I feel good or I feel bad, I just want to try to feel good and not in a pressure, be happy all the time kind of way, but just realizing that's your vibe. If you feel better emotionally, your life will get better. I guarantee you, I promise you that. And you don't have to even do as much manifesting shit that you might be doing now that just feels forced and tense and gross. But anyway, so there's a real opportunity, the power, imagine that, imagine with relationships and other things, imagine not bringing all of those stories to every interaction. Imagine really being able to expect and feel hopeful that things can be different because you're in a frame of mind where you're not just expecting everything to be the same or that story of going, oh, it's probably going to be just the same or using your past experience, your ego mind, using that to justify all of your negativity and negative expectation and pessimism. Again, it doesn't feel good. No matter how justified those negative feelings are and that part of us that wants to feel them, we have to ask ourselves, do I really want to feel this way? Do I really want to feel this anger? Do I really want to hate this person? Do I really want to feel this aggrieved, victimized type feeling? Do I want to keep harboring all these grievances against what people, particular people in your life or the government or politicians or whatever broader things in the world? It's like, no, not really, because all I care about are my feelings, and that's all I really want at the end of the day is just to feel better. That's all I really want. Underneath every material, whatever want, what we really want is just to feel a certain way. And these sorts of ideas, you know, trying to be more present in the moment, being willing to question our all of these all of these spiritual teachings are giving us a way to to out of that suffering. But it all starts with, you know, we have to it all starts within our mind and with our perceptions. And we have to be willing to question the perceptions and be willing to, again, break that cycle of bringing the past into everything. So th th play around with that idea today. Think about, imagine what that would be like. Like, imagine the next time you're meeting up again with your mom or someone, you have a lot of baggage with them. Imagine I didn't have any of that story about them. And I was just meeting them totally in the present moment. And what happened with us in the past is not coloring my perception of them right now. Again, that doesn't mean becoming besties with your former mortal enemy. It doesn't mean... Any, it doesn't have to mean any action base or any change in any of these relationships. I know if there's a part of us that's resistant thinking, well, I don't want to be friends with them or I don't want to do that. It's like, no, you don't have to, but you don't have to hate them anymore. You can, you know, deciding you don't want to hate your ex-husband anymore and seeing him in a different way doesn't mean you have to become friends with him and hang out with him. It just means that you get to free yourself of the hatred you feel for him. That's not hurting anybody but yourself, right? So yeah, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. And for more content, products, and info about my coaching, head on over to livelifemadetoorder.com. Bye-bye.